0: Thank you for listening and maybe watching uh, the Conformed to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with my friend, George Mays. Good morning. George, morning. It's Free For All Friday. Yeah. We're thrilled that you're with us. And uh, today's a kind of a true Free For All Friday. We didn't really plan this stuff out. We'll it's always
1: back. fun when I walk into the room, and you're like, so what are we talking about today? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs>
0: uh, well, I think we've got some stuff to talk about. we so.
1: we do. We've, we've had a, a couple of things that we've kind of pushed aside because other things, yeah. um, jump to the forefront, but we, we yeah, we've got a, a couple of things to talk about. I, uh, I did find something that I, I think that you would find amusing. This was uh, brought to my attention by a church member. Okay. So you, uh, you went out and uh, bought yourself a PS5. Mm-hmm. What about a month ago? Yeah, maybe. You probably should have held off. Why is that? So uh, I guess I and this I I don't know if you've heard heard about this because it was announced uh, back in December. Uh huh. December twenty second of last year, uh, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, they tweeted out. The console wars are over. <laughs> what? That's right. Kentucky Fried Chicken is introducing the KFC console.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> is this Is for real? Oh, yeah. KFC console.
1: KFC console, my friend. Yep.
0: There's no way this is real.
1: Are you calling me a liar, Jay <laughs> Jones? <laughs> it's got to be a
0: marketing. It's a marketing stunt, right? Well, of
1: course, <laughs> of course, this isn't going to be a uh, this isn't going to be competition. Real? Oh yeah, they've got it. Uh, it's a real electronic
0: device. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the K- KFC's. This is from Forbes. <laughs> KFC's upcoming gaming system doesn't have a price or a release date just yet. But we do know a few things about the machine. Uh, so the K—it's—it's it's actually KF console. Okay. Uh, it's being built in partnership with PC maker Cooler Master. It seems likely that this is going to be more of a custom PC build than uh, okay. than an, yeah. a, an actual console. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have—it's uh, going to be capable of running games at four K, two hundred and forty FPS, which is something that's. Better than PS Five or mm-hmm. Xbox. Um, it's got an Intel Core i nine processor. Uh, you'll be able to uh, to um, upgrade it, and uh, it it has uh, twice the storage of an Xbox X and three times the storage of a PS Five. Mm. But that's not the most important thing, Jay. The yeah. most the most important thing, and I have a picture here for you. Uh-huh. The most important thing is on top of this console, you'll be able to keep your chicken warm.
0: No way! Oh <laughs> no. my goodness, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: so oh. you can uh, you can look this up. You can Google KFC console, and you can you can pull this up, and uh, yeah, they've got um. There's a warmer. There's a warmer on top. Jay, look at this.
0: I'm seeing it. I'm trying to. Let me see if I can pull it up. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna pull this thing up when right. I get it, Larry. So, I'm gonna have you switch over. So, <laughs> Larry, switch. <laughs> People can see. Switch over, Larry. Look there it up. is. <laughs> the KF
1: console. It's got a hot there plate on top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. Oh man. Uh, the Forbes. The Forbes uh article that I'm looking at, it says, uh, I don't recommend using this for chicken <laughs> or for, for any other <laughs> edible goods, uh, especially ones with crumbly breading. <laughs> Man. It's probably not very sanitary and it's probably not, uh, very, very good for your, your console, either <laughs> for your computer to have, you know, fried chicken Crazy. dripping down into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but leave it to KFC to do something. Uh, a little unique, so okay. okay. So you've you've got your your PS5, but I may hold out for the KFC console. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> should. you should. Well, since yeah. we're
0: starting this off with laughs, I got something that's okay, laughable, all right, but kind of serious, and I want to I want to capture your response. Okay. So let me pull this up. Uh, you want to go ahead and switch it on over there to the video? You ready for this? Just take a listen. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Something's wrong. Got no audio. No audio in here. Let's see uh, if I... Audio in. Is there an audio in plugged in over here, Larry? Should be. Yes. It is? Okay, let me turn this up. Maybe this will work. Let's see. No, I got no, you got no audio in your ear, do you?
1: No, no, I can hear it coming out of the the monitor. I can't hear it.
0: Man, they're not going to hear it. What happened? Oh, I got it. I got it. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. It's tough to to run a show. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Ready for this, my friend?
1: Yeah, let's, let's
0: hear it. You're not ready.
1: Okay, let's hear this thing.
0: This is the end of the uh, the prayer, the okay. inauguration. Okay. He closes with this prayer. Okay. All right, you ready for this? Yep.
1: To your glory, majesty, dominion, and power forever. Hallelujah.
0: Glory, hallelujah. In the strong name of our collective faith. Amen. <laughs>
1: Strong name of our collective faith. <laughs> what this, does that even mean? <laughs> uh, that's a good
0: question. I think, you know, everybody's trying to figure that out today.
1: Who's he even praying to? Because is he praying to the collective faith?
0: I I
1: In the strong name, in the strong of, name our of our collective, collective faith.
0: Collective faith. I, I don't know. I, it's bizarre to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty pagan, pagan like. No way. Doesn't it? seem and that's so, that's surprising. This is what's able to like, have
1: to have something like this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the strong name of our collective faith. Uh-huh. You're praying in your own name. Is this there, is this there in, be, in the
1: is this in the same name of the the monotheistic god Brahma? Yeah, yeah. It's
0: just <laughs> they don't even know. They don't know. What, they're they know they're
1: wrong. they're trying to be so inclusive that they have just yeah. thrown out all Logic and rationality. that they, they don't they don't care about any of these faiths. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be one thing because the the um, you know the guy that opened the uh, uh, Congress yeah. back in January when he's praying to the monotheistic god
0: Brahma. Brahma. <laughs> yeah, Brahma. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like they, it'd be one thing if he was a Hindu and he actually, or you know, if he if he was following Hinduism mm-hmm. and was praying to Brahma but he's trying to lump everything in and in the process he's not even making sense in the hindu context yeah because brahma is not the monotheistic god yeah, <laughs> of yeah. of the hindu that's they are polytheistic to the extent that they'd make the greeks <clears throat> and romans
0: blush so here's two possible th- ways that i could see in the strong name of our collective faith okay, okay think about this. Number 1, he might be meaning we all pray to the same god. Okay. In the strong name mm-hmm. of our collective faith, that which all faiths pray to. Right. That's the most gracious I can be. Cuz the second alternative is that's pretty bad, right? That yeah. that form and of And that and that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, yeah.
1: To, to um
0: he's a viking now he prays to the all father that's right
1: <laughs> to to say that i mean it, it is completely self-contradictory to say that every faith is praying to the same god they just know him by different names it's really stupid because it's not it's not as if every religion is exactly the same in its core doctrines they just call god by a different name right the, the god of each religion is Wildly different. Yes. Yeah. That you cannot sync them up. There there, so, there is no cohesiveness between the different religions.
0: So congratulations to this guy and to the president. You just insulted every religion.
1: Right. In there they they don't wanna they don't want because that's the one tenet of right. progressive. Um, politics nowadays right don't yeah. hurt anyone's feelings yeah <laughs> don't don't say anything that's going to offend anybody right. and in the process of trying not to offend anybody they offend everybody yeah except for fellow fellow progressives don't, who, that who, that, don't, don't don't really who don't really care they who, don't yeah they don't anything. they don't
0: believe this stuff right yeah it's all a means to accomplish that what their what their goals are yeah okay so that's the most gracious way the, the okay. other way in the strong name of our collective faith would be like saying maybe he means our faith itself uh-huh. is the merit upon which god should listen to us mm. do you think that's a possibility of what he's meaning that our collective i mean he
1: the way he phrased it and again he doesn't he doesn't actually believe this stuff so he's who knows what he's talking about we've we've talked about it before sin makes you stupid Mm -hmm. that's not that's not a hyperbole I I truly believe that when you are are when you're accepting this godless worldview that you literally become a stupid person yeah like you you are becoming like an animal Mm -hmm. more than a man um so the way he phrased it was In the name of our collective faith, Mm -hmm. so I mean, grammatically, you would have to say that the name is of our collective faith. So Mm -hmm. he, it sounds like he's closing his prayer and that he's praying to. Faith itself,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, that we. Uh, this is some real Tower of Babel stuff here. It is
1: trying to decipher this. Where <laughs> I feel like we're wasting our time <laughs> trying to decipher what these what these pagans are people trying to this. say.
0: People believe God should listen to us based off the merit of my sincerity uh-huh. and how much faith I have. Yeah, as people long, think God should respond. Yeah, as long as you're sincere, the very definition of uh-huh. pagan prayer, right. Is that God responds if you pray the right way? Uh-huh. This is what Jesus contem- condemns. Right? Don't be like the pagans mm-hmm. who o- who offer up these many phrases. Yeah. Right. He says, "Don't pray like that." And how they would pray is, you know, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure that this guy, who is this guy?
0: His name is uh, Reverend Doctor Sylvester Beeman, A.M.E.
1: You know anything? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what what is that? That's African, African Methodist, Methodist Episcopal. Episcopal. All right. That's a hot mess right there. Yeah. Um, anytime you throw in the Episcopalian, yeah, uh, Methodist, just combine them together and you get some kind of abomination. Um, I don't even know where I was going, Jay. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> I don't even know where I was going well, with that. But, but um, you don't. Like this, this, God
0: doesn't answer prayer based off of the, your sincerity, right? right? We pray in the name of Jesus. Um, we come before God, yeah, in His righteousness alone, and if we don't mm-hmm. come that way. Then God doesn't God doesn't listen to our prayers. Right. Only a Christian has the privilege to pray to God as a father. Yeah. Um, reference the last sermon. Reference the last text-driven Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's this idea that um, as long as you're sincere, then God will answer. Is that's that's just self-righteousness, mm-hmm. and it's completely false.
0: Right. Yeah. So, pagan prayer. Yeah. Number two, starting off the the next. Uh, cycle of politics i guess Uh i don't even know what you call it so we started congress off with a prayer to demons Mm -hmm. this one we started off with a we don't not even sure what to call it yeah so here we are right anyway i just wanted your response to that yeah
1: well (laughs) goodness (laughs) i don't know i don't know i don't know anymore yeah i'm not surprised right man I'm, they did you see what did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said no she was she was being interviewed a couple of days ago and she said <laughs> that Donald Trump won because as soon as you throw out pro life stuff um all of these evangelicals will latch on to that and they'll they will they don't care about anything else mm. she she basically said that They'll they'll drive the country off a cliff uh-huh. for the issue of of pro life. Okay, and that it's nonsense, right? Like the, they've they've elevated it to this this level, yeah, and they're willing to do anything to accomplish this idea, right? Now this is a Catholic, right? Uh huh. So I'm not I'm not um, I, I I'm not surprised when. The Democrats are trying to woo religious people mm-hmm. because they see the power of of the evangelical vote. Yeah. I, I would argue that it's because of Big Big Eva's never Trumpers that Biden won in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because they 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 were elevating Trump's personality to the same level as Biden's policies and his worldview yeah um so i'm not i'm not surprised that you've got them um praying trying to trying to just lump everyone together oh we're just one big family we're all unified so right. we've got the monotheistic god we've got the we've got our collective faith they're they're trying to just bring it all in so that we can be unified and look we're we're all on the same team we're all on the same page um so i'm not surprised by it yeah um and I, I won't be surprised when so-called professing Christians, professing evangelicals, um, fall for it.
0: Yeah. Um, did uh, don't
1: don't fall for it. It's it's just a ploy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see the uh, the Lady Gaga? Did you see her outfit? I did. She looked like it was some real Hunger Games looking stuff. It was. Know? Yeah. I'm wondering, like, because everything's planned. I'm thinking to myself. Yeah. Are you trying to? Are you guys trying to tell us a secret message? Like, and then I'm like, "What district are we in out here? We're in like the farmland district." Yeah, is that what we are?
1: We we would definitely not be exempt from sending someone to the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you volunteering as so, as tribute yeah. for <laughs> for the Hunger Games, Jay? I'll bet you'd have a chance. Uh, Get thrown out into the woods. <laughs>
0: You just hide and wait for everybody else to knock each other off, and then just set some traps, and then you emerge victorious, right? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Crazy. Yeah. At least she did a good job singing, though. I, I will did give, her, she? I'll give her that. Yeah, she did a good job. Okay. She was. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Then Garth Brooks came in.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't listen yeah. to any of it. I I knew some of the stuff that was going to happen, but I, I didn't yeah. pay much attention he to came it. And
0: he sang "Amazing Grace." Okay. I'm just thinking to myself as they're singing "Amazing Grace." How many of these progressives know they're singing a song written by a, a former slave ship captain? Yeah. No. they don't realize it.
1: They're they they're not even listening to the words. Yeah, because they, you know not, how they want, to, they want to. They want to
0: do away, tear down every statue, do away with all these things. So here's yeah,
1: here's here's someone that they would cancel.
0: Right, they would cancel him. Yeah, but you know he well after he was converted mm-hmm. he. Left that, and, right. and he fought against slavery the rest of his life. But yeah. that wouldn't be enough for them to, oh, know, no, to know that at oh, all. No. And so everyone's singing with uh-huh. all their might this great hymn. Yeah, um, I just I found that to be very ironic. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of irony. In I'm the sure day, there actually. was. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so. yeah. That's that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd they'd completely cancel him because in in this. Um, you know, critical race theory and and intersectionality. There, there is no repentance. Like yeah. you, you can never repent enough.
0: Right. Yeah. He, even if he he could defend himself, he'd say, mm-hmm. "I repented and I worked against it, slavery, the rest of my life." Yeah. He's still, still uh, he's still like, he's still a white guy. Yeah. Burn him at the stake. Mm-hmm. You can never repent enough. Right. But yeah.
1: thankfully for the gospel, goth- you know. In but the gospel, here's the there, irony. Is full, there is full and complete forgiveness, and that's it. what he's talking about in "Amazing Grace." Right is the very thing that you can't do according to this worldview. We're
0: singing there's and there's even more irony singing "Amazing Grace," but Biden starts talking about how he's going to make a war on domestic terrorism and white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. And which sounds good, yeah. And we're on board with it. Like we're, of course, we're against white supremacy. Anybody yeah. that would say, um, any race is superior to the other, we would say that's against God's word and we condemn it. Mm -hmm. And we're against racism, so yes, like right on. But that's not what they mean. Right. Right? What they mean is they redefine white supremacy Mm -hmm. to mean anything or anyone that values and loves the traditions of the West. Right. And that's why you have these insane articles coming out, like came out, um, was Vanity Fair that published it? That said... uh, We need to think about the multicultural uh, reality of white supremacy. (laughs) Did you see it? It's talking about uh, people – well, they say people of color. That's what they call them, but black people and brown people and all these people that shared the conservative values – They're calling it all white supremacy. So they called it like multicultural white supremacy. Multi
1: multi racial whiteness.
0: Multi racial whiteness. There it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, The Washington Post. To understand Trump's support, we must think in terms of multiracial whiteness. There you go. I don't know if this, I don't know who this is. I don't know if it is a parody account. (laughs) You can't tell anymore. Right. Because of how insane. The left has become, you don't know if they're being serious or this is just a troll. No, no. I mean, this is a real thing. uh, Well, this person who tweeted... So I'm looking at a tweet from this person. And she tweeted, as a white person of color, I am extremely worried about the rise of black
0: whiteness. There you go. See?
1: And I don't know, (laughs) is that... Is that for
0: real? No, it's for real. You know Virgil, Omaha Walker, and Daryl who do the Just Thinking podcast. I can't remember Daryl's last name. Mm-hmm. The two, the two black men. They are all. They are called white supremacists all the time on Twitter. Two black men proud of being black, right? Um, but they're Christians. They're conservatives. They're called white supremacists, right? So okay, so um, that's what I'm thinking. Like okay. You're singing "Amazing Grace," but now you're saying you're going to declare war on a white supremacy. Are you? Are you saying you're? Are you? What are you saying? Like I, you, we need to know more information. Yeah. Are you going to declare war on real white supremacy, like KKK stuff, which we could get? You know, we're behind. We should always be against that. The gospel is at war with that, right? Right. Or are you saying everyone who holds to Western values that you now are? redefining white supremacy and calling it anyone who holds to conservative Christian values. You see what I mean? Because that's what they're doing. They're re- they're changing the terms. And it's very dangerous rhetoric. Very dangerous. Yeah. Um, not unifying. That's not unifying. So, yeah, we condemn white supremacy. Obviously, if you're talking about it like anyone has ever talked about it in the past 50 or 100 years... But you're redefining it to include people that are not racist or white supremacist. Yeah. While singing Amazing Grace. Right. Let's extend grace and tell everyone they're a racist. Yeah. (laughs) Not a good start. Not a good start. Yeah. So
1: um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit on you, Jay.
0: Okay. Switch it up.
1: And we've talked about this before. Big J. Big J? Cap,
0: cap
1: G. Cap G? Oh. Cap Cap G's coming at you, Big J. Okay. I got a Gen Z translation for you just to kick this off. Just, right. to, just to remind everyone of-
0: The Gen Z of translation. What,
1: of what Lifeway tends to produce yeah. for right. our dear Southern Baptist churches. I got your holy scripts padlocked in my chest thumper.
0: <laughs> oh, you remember the? I remember this. You remember Gen Z? Yeah, I remember the Gen Z life. Uh, publication. Bible
1: devotional. Mm. We talked about this what months ago? Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's the kind of stuff that um, that LifeWay puts out there. Um, thankfully, there was enough pushback against this that they they took it off the shelves. But they. They actually produced this, right. and they were selling this um, for, for Christians. Um, well, I came across something, um, I don't know, several weeks ago, that uh, was very disturbing. Now, this is from Bible Studies for Life. Now, we don't, we don't use uh, adult life way, Sunday school curriculum. Here,
0: yeah. What curriculum do we usually use here in Sunday school?
1: Uh, we use the gospel, the gospel project for the kids. Yeah, um, but here we have teachers that teach the Bible, mm-hmm. um, so we don't we don't use Sunday school curriculum. But this is Bible studies for life. This is the uh, this is one of the adult uh, Sunday school curriculums that LifeWay produces. So they they um, they task. Different, I don't even know authors around yeah, the country to to write these lessons. It could be anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be anybody.
0: And they uh, and and just for the people that aren't familiar, most SBC churches use mm-hmm. Lifeway material for their Sunday school classes, right. right? They that's just what they do. They buy yeah. a curriculum, guy reads it, teaches exactly what's in it to the class.
1: Yeah, and that's what I think makes this even worse is I know that there are some Sunday school classes out there that people they they the the teacher is not really a teacher they're just a facilitator right and so they just read the Sunday school curriculum yeah right. so this is from the uh, the winter the winter uh, 2020 2021 curriculum and uh, I don't know I don't know if, if all of this is about Psalm 35. But this is a lesson um, about Psalm thirty-five. Uh, this, this at, at least this, uh, this passage I'm going to read. This little section is. I listen to this, and let me let me get your uh, your honest thoughts on what this uh, this writer says about Psalm thirty-five. All right, now Psalm thirty-five is an imprecatory psalm. Uh, an imprecatory psalm is a psalm. Um, Asking God to judge the wicked. So this is written by David. And uh, this author writes, Modern believers understand these psalms are pre-Christian since they don't fully reflect the ethic taught by Jesus. Mm. Got a little bit more over here. Whatever the case, the writer did not appropriate thing uh, did an appropriate thing by bringing his pain to the Lord in prayer. He believed God cared for him, though he didn't understand why God allowed his current predicament. Though Christians have another and higher ethic and are taught to love our enemies, unlike the emotion expressed in this verse, we can learn from this writer who spoke his frustration first to God. Hmm. What do you think about that, Jay? Uh, David here writing Psalm 35, uh-huh. he does not have as high an ethic as Christians do in the New Testament.
0: Well, I would th- I would want to know what do, they, what do you mean by high of, high of an ethic? Mm. Because there's an ethic. I would come to understand that God's word is revealed and it is consistent with itself. all ways as it comes from god it reflects god's revelation always reflects god Yeah, god's not he's unchanging he's perfect so his word is perfect so the psalmist would say in psalm 119 right the word of the lord is perfect right that would seem to imply that this lesser ethic is less perfect Uh uh-huh and so then if you connect the logical dots um what you end up doing is you end up becoming a uh, Marcionite. That's mm. the correct term, right? Marcion? Uh-huh. Is it Marcion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who believed in two gods? There's a God for the Old Testament. He wasn't the God of the New Testament. Uh-huh. And so he would throw out like the Old Testament and say, we use the New Testament. Right. Right. That's kind of what's going on. Uh-huh. Though they, w- they they probably aren't connecting the dots. Absolutely. Again. Well,
1: here, here's another another section. This is a longer section, but this will give some insight into what this author is saying. Okay. And it's not great.
0: <laughs> All right. Right. Did, did, was I uh, connecting the dots for you? How, like, what happens when you begin to think this way? Uh-huh. Okay. I just make sure it was it clear. Will, we'll talk about it a little yeah. bit more okay. after I read this. All right.
1: A second observation is that the concept of eternal judgment was evolving in the Old Testament. The Hebrews' understanding of bodily resurrection and final judgment wasn't the same as the assurance we have in the New Testament. Therefore, David and his contemporaries generally believed that if judgment were to be meted out, it must be meted out in this life. They looked for vindication on the earthly side of eternity. In other words, I need to see my enemies defeated today because I'm uncertain what will happen tomorrow. Mm. Modern believers have the assurance God will sort things out in eternity when all men and women stand before him.
0: Okay. All right. So here, I'm going to refute it in about two seconds. You ready for <laughs> okay,
1: this? let's do it. <laughs> this is a Psalm of
0: David. It is. You know what else is a Psalm of David? Tell me. Psalm 16. That's true. Which speaks of the resurrection of the dead. Uh-huh mainly the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Yeah. So I would argue that, no, there's a full picture of resurrection of the dead in the Old Testament, which is why when you get to the time of Jesus, you have Pharisees mm-hmm. who believe in the resurrection of the dead. Like the Pharisees and Jesus have the same general theology. They agree, and even the Sadducees, they all agree on what books are authoritative. Mm-hmm. The Sadducees deny the resurrection of the dead. Right. Jesus will talk to both of these groups, and you can see that Jesus and the Pharisees have a complete, full understanding, based on the Old Testament, of bodily resurrection. So their argument is completely false. It's garbage. It's, I don't even, where did the person, who is it and where did they go to school? That's what I want to know. Did they go to school? Did they have any training at all of biblical interpretation? I
1: can only tell you that, um, I don't want to upset anybody who's watching this, but I can tell you that it's a woman. <laughs> okay. All right. That that's that's all I can tell you.
0: All right. So she's not a pastor anywhere. She's not pro- a pastor. Probably. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who, right, right. Who, who knows? knows? Who knows nowadays?
1: Um, but I I want to I want to Talk about this just a little bit because I think that there is a, a common under, misunderstanding of how the Old Testament and the New Testament fit together. Mm-hmm. And um, this is not something new, but it's now there's uh, who knows how many thousands of Southern Baptists who are reading this and yeah. they're thinking, oh, I've never thought about that before. Southern Baptists
0: believe the Lifeway material uh-huh, as yeah. if it is inspired.
1: Right. Um, I mean, if we were just making fun of it, that would be one thing. but this is stuff that's actually used in Southern Baptist churches and yeah. so it's important that we, we address it at least at least in part. We're, we're certainly not going to be able to, um, to talk about it as extensively as we could. John Calvin has talked about this mm-hmm. um, in his institutes because there's this idea that the Old and the New Testament are teaching different ethics. Right. Uh, there's different beliefs. Between the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. Um, some people even think that the way that Old Testament saints were saved is different than the way that we are. Right. That they were saved by keeping the law and we're saved by faith in Christ.
0: Doesn't it like Romans chapter 5 and 6 kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah, I mean, would maybe inform that and refute that? I would, right. I would think.
1: Um, also, the way that we use the New Testament to help us to understand the Old Testament. Like, we believe in progressive revelation, mm-hmm. that God God doesn't do an information dump in Genesis 1 and 2, mm-hmm. that progressively we learn more and more. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to the New Testament, the New Testament is the full and final revelation, and so it helps us to understand the, the former right. revelation clear. Not that it wasn't there, but it's like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. They need Jesus to open their eyes so that they can understand the scriptures, right? Because the the death and resurrection of the Messiah is is clearly taught in the Old Testament, but because of the nature of progressive revelation, they didn't fully understand it until after it had happened, right? Right. Um, and so we look at um, the the way that the New Testament talks about the saints in the Old Testament and. There's no way that you can get around the fact that the Old Testament saints were looking forward to resurrection.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, The writer of Hebrews talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and how Abraham was looking for the city whose... Whose builder was God. Right. He's, he's, so th- this idea that the Old Testament saints, they wanted God to fix everything in this life because they didn't know what was going to happen after they died. It's completely at odds with the way that the New Testament itself presents the Old Testament saints. Mm-hmm. Abraham knew that there was resurrection. Right. Um, because God had promised, I'm going to give you this land. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of what land did Abraham have when he died? He had a, a, he had a tomb, mm-hmm. right? And yet he believed the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Well, if God's not going to fulfill the promises here, when's he going to do it? <laughs> He's going to do it after I'm dead, right? Like there, there's going to be a time when I am physically going to inherit the land, right? Um, so he's looking forward to resurrection.
0: Yeah. Hebrews says that um, he even believed God was able to raise his son from the dead. Uh-huh, right. So these people, they believed that God was able to raise the dead and would, could raise the dead and would. Yeah. Job talks about it as well.
1: Yeah. So this idea uh, that they were looking for stuff here is um, something that Calvin talks about. He says that their, their hope was not just in um, getting fat <laughs> here in this this world. They're, the the Old Testament saints, their concern was not with physical blessings. Yeah. Their hope was in future, future resurrection. Mm-hmm. I think of Job. I mean, what does Job say? Mm-hmm. I know that my redeemer lives. Yeah, and at on, the last on this earth, yeah, he will stand upon. He'll the earth. stand and i'll see him with my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And if we if we accept what that's the, I
0: what, think that's the first Easter sermon i ever preached from that passage. Really? Yeah.
1: And, and if we accept what most biblical scholars accept is that Job the, the events of Job happened before Abraham. And we're we're talking about someone even before Abraham who believes in resurrection. Right. right bodily resurrection. Mhm. Uh, yeah, so this the the old and the new testament, they don't contradict each other. Yeah, the new testament might expand on old testament ideas, so it makes it clearer for us. Mm-hmm. But it's there, and the old testament saints they're believing um, these same doctrines. Right. They they're the old testament saints are still looking forward to the coming Messiah. Mm-hmm. Now it's not a clear picture like we have looking back right. but they're, they're the object of their faith is still the messiah and all the the blessings that are going to come yeah. through him mm-hmm. so it's um
0: it's amazing that this stuff makes it through the editorial process yeah if there is one is there one anymore it just makes it through and it gets i have out. no idea
1: i don't know yeah.
0: it's it is stop buying just that's all you can say is just stop buying their material it'll never change until people just stop buying it
1: yeah or or maybe you're not in the position to make that call maybe this is made by you know the pastor or education minister or who, whoever does does this stuff but at least read it with a critical eye right what does the Bible say mm-hmm over what does my Sunday school curriculum say right T- test it don't don't just blindly accept it um and, and if something sounds off it probably is yeah um so you, you probably should talk to your pastor about it before mm. you just buy it buy buy into all of it mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah we we need to get back to um, a proper understanding of how the the scriptures fit together the old testament and the new testament fitting together complementing one another all pointing to the person and work of Christ That's right. Um and that's good. and not not whatever this uh Sunday school writer was saying that they didn't know what was going to happen when they right. died so they were they were hoping that God would defeat their enemies now. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. That's that's not the Even just kind of a surface level reading of the Old Testament should (laughs) kind of discount that that view. But what do I know? (laughs) Lifeway is not asking me to write any Sunday school curriculum.
0: (laughs) I don't see the I don't see that happening in the future either, George. No, I don't. I I don't either. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's how how that goes, though, right? Right. You have all of these super qualified men all across the SBC that could write. They could write some really. Good material, but they never will. You know why? Because yeah. they don't play the game. Yeah, they're, they're not playing the game. They're yeah. not making. They're not making uh, connections with other people. Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, I mean, it's it's. There's a real, uh, what's the right word in the SBC? It's a um. There's a real cronyism. Cronyism, yeah. It's built in, in the SBC, and if you don't. <laughs> Make the right connections and play that game, you're not ever gonna get asked to write anything. You're not right. gonna get asked to be on any board. And if your church doesn't contribute enough money, you're never yeah. gonna get asked to do anything. It's
1: um it this this is directly from the political world. Mm-hmm. Um it I don't know if it's still called it, but it it was it was originally called the spoil system. Mm-hmm. And it was um in I don't know if it was invented, but it was brought to the forefront by uh, Martin Van Buren. Mm-hmm. And the it, it it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. If you play the game, if you go along with the the establishment, then when the president of your party comes into power, you get to reap some of the spoils. You get put into you know a, a position of influence. Um, so newspaper editors, um, you know, lower state level politicians. You play the game, and and then when when your your president comes into that position then you get to reap some of the benefits Uh um that that's why that's why biden when he comes in he's not going to keep any of trump's people right right? he's not going to keep a bunch of republicans Uh around he's going to bring people on that supported him right right unfortunately that's the same way with the SBC. yeah you got to play the game and if you don't play the game you don't get to reap any of the the spoils yeah yeah
0: that doesn't sound worldly at all no
1: not at all <laughs> right it's not it's not uh open to corruption or anything it's it's all above board yeah um that brings me to my final thing here uh which is the um the george, the, the candidates for the sbc president
0: i threw you a hanging curveball george i saw that yeah yeah you uh, took
1: it yeah so um so the the SBC annual meeting is going to be, um, where is it going to be this year? Nashville? I think it's Nashville. You don't follow any of this yeah, stuff, don't, do you, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't even.
0: At this point, I honestly have like no cares uh-huh. left to give. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's. Hey, you want to know something super ironic, George? I don't know if I should tell it.
1: You might as well. <laughs> um, what do you got to lose? I fu-
0: I find it super ironic. Uh, no, I'm not going to say. it. I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you off air. It's not nothing. It's nothing bad. All right. But it but it will make me look good, and I don't want to make myself. Okay. Look good. <laughs> we don't want that. I don't want to make myself look good, <laughs> good on here. But I'll tell you afterward. Okay. It has to do with Lifeway. Okay.
1: Can't have you looking good on here, Jay.
0: Yeah. I want to save. I want to save my treasures for when. Okay. When Christ returns, okay. and he. All I right. don't want. I don't want. I don't want to be taken away. Okay. Those people hear it on here.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'll look forward to hearing that. All
0: right. <laughs> so everyone
1: else can just look for that that diamond in your crown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When they see you in glory, they'll know, all right, he had something. <laughs> oh, so, anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the convention is going to be held this summer, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be in Nashville. And so, the, uh, the president is the big – that's the big position, right? Yeah. Because yeah. of the way that the SBC works, the president is the one who nominates – the nominating committee.
0: Right. He's the one who dishes the spoils.
1: <laughs> That's right. He, he nominates the nominating committee. Yeah. The nominating committee nominates every other position. Yeah. And so it's just this trickle-down effect. So if yeah. you want to change stuff, it's going to take time, but you start at the presidency. Yeah. Right. Well, so far, there's uh, there's been three guys who um, had announced that they were running for president. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of them is... Albert Muller from Southern Seminary. Another is uh, Mike Stone. He's a pastor from Georgia. And Ed Litton, who is a pastor from Alabama. But now a fourth name has been announced, and he actually announced it last January, but that was canceled. The the convention was canceled. So this is Randy Adams. He announced his candidacy uh, yesterday. And he is the uh, executive director-treasurer of uh, the Northwest Baptist <clears throat> Convention. Mm. I, I, don't know, I don't know anything about that. I, I don't know. I know he's the top guy, the executive director-treasurer. He's, he's like the top guy. So for Oklahoma, Hans Dilbeck is the executive director-treasurer. So treasure. We, where is he at? Uh, nor, the Northwest Baptist Convention.
0: I don't know what that is. I
1: don't know what that is. But he's he has announced that it's he's, like a regional
0: thing or what? I guess I, I don't know Northwest Baptist Convention. Maybe it's because there's so few Baptist or Baptists in the Northwest of the U.S. Yeah. They've like got a like a three-state mm. combination. It, or could, it could be. I, I don't know. I'm gonna try to look it up. Okay. while we're on here,
1: I'm I'm not sure what that is. But uh, he's announced his candidacy, and uh, Russell Fuller, who is a former professor at Southern. Hebrew professor. He's going to be the one who um, oh. he he's going to be the one who formally nominates him at the convention.
0: Okay. So the Northwest Baptist Convention composes of Oregon, Washington, and Northern Idaho. Okay. There are five hundred churches together. Okay. Because that you know we, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's around so here it's like Oklahoma, Texas. Like, <laughs> right. There's so many. Yeah. It's a it's a t- state convention, but this one's like there's not there's not enough, so they do a three state thing. That's what it okay. is.
1: So he's the head of
0: that. Okay.
1: Um, but I like what I'm saying. He put out a statement called "A Path to Reforming the SBC." Okay. It's a long read. I would encourage everyone to go on um, online. Just just look for Randy Adams, "A Path to Reforming the SBC." But his his primary aim is to push for transparency and accountability uh. at every level of the SBC. Yeah. Now This is what we've talked about that. There is like this this uh, behind the scenes elitism yeah. that is, is kind of pushing everything mm-hmm. along, and what he's what he wants to do is he wants to make everything transparent. So he wants to um, he wants there to be audits of every of everything.
0: That's good. I like that.
1: Um, he wants to get rid of these uh, these NDs, NDAs, these non disclosure oh, like agreements. That too. He wants I like to it. get rid of those because that was what happened at Southern. Yeah, it's a very, over, it's over very, the summer. Is, very that, is that as um, well, three professors were fired, and they could keep their pay right if they signed these these non disclosure agreements. Yeah, and uh, Russell Fuller refused to do he that. refused to do it. Um, so. He, he was out of out of a paycheck yeah uh, but why why if everything's above board why do you need one why do you need an nda exactly if we're, if we're all believers if we're all brothers <laughs> why why do you need to have these ndas what what do you think he could possibly yeah. say that would be damaging to you yes um so he wants to get rid of those um he he wants to uh he wants trustees to be trained yeah why could why would we possibly need all these trustees to yeah. be trained it's yeah. probably because um they're they just, they they are anybody can be nominated yeah. as a trustee uh, you could be well you're not going to be nominated but you could why be. not george you could be you want me to go and nominate you for yeah, a trustee yeah
0: southeastern okay That'll be fun, right? That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, I say that because I know someone who has been nominated for that. Oh, really? And um, he's not going to be a yes man. Let's say that. I don't see how how they did this. I, yeah. I think they think because he's been in the SBC so long. I don't want to give away any more information. But yeah. we could have another situation on our hands like we ran into at Southern. Remember that? mm mm-hmm. The yep. trustee went... The trustee went... Yeah. Well, he went trustee. Right. Or everybody else is just yes men and women. Yeah. They go along with whatever comes. Now they're just rubber stamp everything. This guy's like acting as actual trustee. Right. I don't even remember his name. We talked about him on here though, didn't we?
1: Um I'm not sure. Yeah. But but these NDAs, they they just silence whistleblowers. Yeah. So he wants to get rid of this the trustee training. Because you've got you've got trustees that just go along with everything what the higher ups say yes they either don't know any better or there's an atmosphere of of fear right you got to have some courage to go against russell moore or albert moeller or danny aiken yeah like these are heavy heavyweights right yeah so you you've got to you got to really man up (laughs) to Mm -hmm. say something against them so he wants to have trustee training he wants to expand the involvement in the sbc annual meeting because right now you have to go you have to take off work you have to find a it's expensive. you have to find a way to get there you got to you have to have a hotel room because it's it's it, it's, it's never in Oklahoma it's expensive right? to go it's expensive to go yeah. and um so you have to be at a church that allows you to go yeah um if you're one of these part-time bivocational ministers yeah. you have to take off work yeah um and you're, your church, you're
0: out you're out of your church may not even be able to afford to send you. Yeah,
1: out of pocket. Yeah. Um e- even here, we would still have difficulty yeah. um going yeah. because of the price tag. And so you've got these bigger churches, smaller, smaller number of people at these meetings who are making decisions for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to change that and he wants to make it so that you can be there or you can you can have a voice through digital you can vote remote stuff uh so you which which what we've learned over 2020 is that it is possible it's not enjoyable but it's it's possible Mm -hmm. um there there is a way to do it so that all the southern baptist churches have a voice and not just the ones that have money Mm -hmm. um so i don't know a whole lot about him personally but just from reading this uh this article he wrote, a path to reforming the SBC. Um, I'd vote for him. Yeah, I I would, I'd endorse him as uh, SBC president. Now it, I don't know if he can make good on all of his promises.
0: I'm uh, guessing the, the, he's the SBC be, the yeah. SBC is big, it's bloated. He's going to be opposed at every turn. Oh yeah, you know, he
1: there. he would be like the Trump going yeah, in yeah. and trying to clean house you may not be able to do it because of all the the many tentacles that yeah. are in everything and uh, he he can only be president for two years yeah and um it would take more than that. so it, it takes some time i don't know. I don't, you know I don't know we can we can pray uh, if he if he could make good on all of the things he wants to do it would radically change the SBC. It really would. Yeah. And, um, it, it would, uh, it would make it better. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we can pray, pray for him. Even if he can't go, um, we can pray for Randy Adams. We can pray that, um, someone like him would be in a position of power to actually change some things because there's, there's a lot of things that are not great. And he gives, he gives three, Three examples at the beginning of this article that uh, show just some of the corruption
0: of the SBC. Mm-hmm. And It's not good. What do you What do you got? Let's hear it.
1: You got time for this? All right, we
0: got time. We got. We got. Can we do it in like eight minutes? Yeah. All right. Let's do it.
1: Okay. So he, he has he has three examples. Um, he said that. Um, let's see if I can find the first one. Okay. Um, the LifeWay, okay. Going back to LifeWay, oh right? shocker. We know that uh, Tom Rayner mm-hmm. was he was he's gone. He's not the he's not the president of LifeWay anymore, right? Um, he says, I'll just read it. Who could have guessed that the leader of a Southern Baptist entity, LifeWay Christian Resources, would be paid a million dollars going out the door to do another ministry he started while serving as the LifeWay president? In October 2020, it was revealed that a single trustee approved that payment without informing any other trustee, including the compensation committee of the trustees. Furthermore, the trustee who approved the million-dollar gift had three book contracts with Lifeway, which disqualified him from serving as a trustee per SBC bylaws. God. And yet, he remains a trustee to this very day. It makes you wonder if there are other sweetheart deals that have not been exposed. Of course there are. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the point, right? Of there are. Uh, that's... Just by itself, that's that's terrible. That's yeah. incredibly shady. That's corruption. Uh, in July 2020, a church planter in Atlanta, Georgia, publicly left the SBC after receiving a church loan from the North American Mission Board to purchase a building, followed by a 175 thousand dollar gift from NAM to remodel the church building. This church planter was sponsored by Blueprint Church, whose pastor serves as a vice president of NAM for the Send Network. Who else is receiving six figure grants? And what do you have to do or who do you have to know to get one?
0: Yeah, that's insane. Right. Six figure grant.
1: NAM is spending almost seventy million dollars a year to start a few hundred churches per year, less than half the number started a decade ago when we spent about twenty two million per year from NAM's church planning budget. Yeah. So where's all the money going? <clears throat> that's his. That's his question. Where's the money going? Because yeah. it's not going to, to plant churches. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know,
0: and and that's that's why people like you know, who have done things like like we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I replanted uh, Redeemer, so it was a church restart. Yeah, and then we merged. So mm-hmm. in effect, what you have is two replants and yeah. one um, took zero money from Nam zero. Okay. Yeah. So I may have an idea of how to save a tremendous amount of money. <laughs> yeah. I called I called the Nam guy here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. called him, left an email, never heard back. Really? You know why? You know why? Sure. Because this methodology that we did is mm-hmm. a threat to their system. Right. We don't need money, and we can do what you do. Yeah. Why would they want to hear from that? Right. It, it all is about money, and the money's got to continue going. Yeah. It's got to continue to go out and people got to continue to give. Mm-hmm. That way you can hold on to your position, right? Yeah. You've got all these North American church planting missionaries, they call them. Um, they're in charge of helping churches get started and planted. Well, if you don't need funds to do this stuff, now your positions are in jeopardy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the last one <clears throat> uh, is that the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, that's our favorite yeah. organization in the entire SBC, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, They joined the North American Mission Board in arguing to the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals that the SBC is a hierarchy with the SBC in the superior position over all Southern Baptist churches, conventions, and associations. NAM has been making a similar argument for years, claiming that they are a quote-unquote supporting organization for state conventions and that they therefore have the right to interfere in the employment practices of state conventions. NAM lost their argument in the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and now says they will appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: Who's the lawsuit with? Other state conventions. Other state conventions. So they're taking. So there's a. They're going to court. There is an
1: SBC organization that is going to the U.S. They're they've they've taken state state conventions to court.
0: What? Yeah. That is crazy. That's in direct violation of scripture.
1: Yeah, and it's contrary to the SBC bylaws. Yeah. There, there's not supposed to be a hierarchy that exists. Every church is autonomous. Uh huh. And so within whatever associations the churches want to voluntarily be a part of, those are also autonomous.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Supposed to be.
1: And um yeah, so their uh, ERLC and and North American Mission Board, they they have argued that there's a hierarchy in the SBC. And it's not supposed to be that way, but there is. Right. Like there there's obviously a hierarchy. Yeah. The the churches um they they don't have the power that they ought to have. Yeah, it, yep. it's supposed to be bottom up, right? Mm-hmm. But it's become pretty top down, right? So those are those are just three examples. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a lot there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the SBC, there really and is. so I, I hope that uh, Randy Adams is able to get elected, and uh, he's able to at least start the work.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's that's very informative. Yeah. I'm sure people learned a lot on this one. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Well, what do you say we shut this thing down, Giorgio? Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. And uh, it was interesting Free-for-All Friday, for me anyway. So I uh, learned some things.
1: Everything from the KFC console to reforming the SBC. Yeah. Can't get can't get much better than that for a free-for-all.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm sure we'll have plenty of material to talk to you in the, about in the future. It's going to keep coming in, but hopefully we're able to point you in the direction of Christ and how to be a better Christian, how to live uh, the Christian life in this world in which we live. It's a crazy world. Things are changing, always changing. We want to know the Bible. We want to model our life after Christ, and hopefully this helps you to do that. And if it has, please like, subscribe, share, maybe write us a, view, a review. We're on YouTube, Google, Facebook. Help us to get the word out. It's our goal, to, as always, to help you to become more and more conformed to Christ.